You're listening to Soul Work with San, where we believe your soul is worth the work. Here, we talk all things life, love, and leadership to help you find healing and be made whole. And today, we're doing just that. See, it's the last week of 2020, and while most of us are excited about its end, all of us need to be concerned with what we want out of 2021. The answer for this lies in our decisions. So, for the sake of your future, what will you choose to do? You ready? Let's work. decision-making matter? Well, let's start with the definition. A decision simply means the act of deciding, a choice, or my favorite, firmness of conviction. These definitions show us that we make decisions all day, every day. How do you spend your time and with whom? What will you eat and how much? What or who will you worship? And how will you treat your neighbor? These are just examples of the many choices we must make daily. And this is why having a proper framework for how you make your decisions can be one of the greatest tools for the quality of your life. A routine of good decision-making can reduce anxiety and help you keep calm. Now, it's important to note that decisions are hardly ever individual. Someone is always going to be affected by the choices we make, good or bad. There will be a rippling effect. And this is why it's so important to ask ourselves, what is the objective of my decision? This journal-friendly exercise will lead you to evaluate what you truly value. And it may be time to have that hard conversation with yourself. Know that decisions over time lead to character formation, which is what inevitably shapes our future. Next, we've got to ask, what can hinder great decisions? Where are the choices coming from? Are you trying to prove a point, fighting to be loved or significant? Are you in a place of desperation? Are you making this choice because it's in alignment with the word or with your flesh? Honesty is the crucial step towards making better choices. Ask me how I know. Help, Lord. Next, a lack of focus. So paying more attention to what people think of our decisions than the decision themselves, that's a no-go. Do you just want to flex to gain envy or admiration from people who aren't even important in your life? Or are you paying attention to what you immediately feel over the long-term effects of our choices? These are all choices of distraction and a sure way to miss what God has purposed for your life. More often than not, the distractions aren't worth it. Again, ask me how I know. And lastly, what's the last thing that can affect or hinder our good choices? Lack of self-awareness. This leads to self-deception, which is the quickest setup to a path of bad decisions. Because we'll lie to ourselves about our lack of progress in life. But the biggest way we do this is through lack of measurement. We measure what matters. So if we're not tracking our progress, we are not committed to a life of growth. Period. And just to body this point all the way through, Jesus himself advises us to do some counting. When he says in Luke 14, 28 through 34, 
what good is it if you're able to build a house or if you set to build a house, but you don't count the cost of it first? You'll quit before you finish and be mocked for it. Track what matters, because the truth, it don't lie. So lastly, I want us to talk about the five steps to great decisions. Let's go. Number one, get God in you and then trust that he's there. Let the word do the work. You want an excellent life? Live the word. But you've got to read it to know that. And you've got to know God to trust him. And the deeper you trust God, the better you'll know yourself. So who is he to you? He's not a villain or a monster. His aim is to lead you into all truth. He knows you best, so let him lead. Listen deeply to what's going on inside of you. See, often we're taught to trust Holy Spirit, but question ourselves. Well, if he's in me, I can do both. Yield first, follow next. Number two, know what you're working with, fam. A good decision is not choosing perfection. There is no such thing. So we got to resist the urge for this because it's simply fear masquerading as analysis. When in reality, it's just a waste of time. And besides, our choices were never meant to lead us into perfection, but into holiness. So from a biblical perspective, expecting perfection from our choices, it's wrong. Making decisions involves preparation, which is evidence of an active faith. Saying yes to something includes all that will come with that, including the negative and inconvenient. Preparing for that discomfort will keep you committed when that time comes. Uh, Dr. Darius Daniels has a sermon about this. YouTube, a pain plan, and let it bless you deep. It's really good. Now, number three, and this one may be my favorite. Seek wisdom from fruitful lives. Proverbs tells us that where there are multiple counselors, there is safety. Some translations use the word victory even. So it's in our best interest to find trustworthy people who can help us sort through the hard choices. Now, to be clear, make sure you have someone that is actually wise. We've heard it said before not to take advice from someone you wouldn't trade places with. So if they're broke, they typically don't have a place to tell you what to do with your money. And if they're miserable, they don't get to tell you how you should live in your marriage or in other friendships. People who make good choices yield lives of good fruit. This is their legacy. So people will have all the feelings in the world, but you can't argue fruit. The person that is giving you counsel, do they have the fruit of the life you want? If the answer is no, my ears remain closed. Respectfully. Number four, play it all the way through. When it comes to a major life choice you have to make and you've made your list of pros and cons like we discussed earlier, then it's time to envision what your life will be like based on what you choose to do. If you decide to take the job with this company, what does that mean? Sure, it could be more money, but will it require more out of your time? Will it be more stressful? Will you have to move out of state? Is that what you want? On the other hand, if you decide to stay, Will your loyalty be properly compensated? Do you see yourself satisfied with your work if things stay the same? Are the opportunities to stay worth staying for? Is this where God is leading you? See, taking time to imagine your future, it's encouraged. 
sometimes we hear things that will challenge that. Like it's more spiritually mature or deep of you to not make a choice. As if that's letting God choose. Not only is that not true, it's unbiblical. Indecision is still a decision. It's just a bad one. Further, all throughout the Bible, from Deuteronomy to the Gospels, we are advised to make a choice. If choices didn't matter, there'd be no need for wisdom and no true need for leadership, which means there'd be no need for God. He designed us from the days of the garden to have the ability to make choices, and he's eternally involved in us making the right one. Choose ye this day. So as a believer, our job is to choose. It's to weigh our options critically, gathering all the necessary information we need and imagining what life could be like with the consequences of our choice. Lastly, number five, don't be afraid to course correct. This is so crucial, fam. If you've made a decision and it's not working out, meaning there's no fruit, your soul is in constant tension or despair, and you simply cannot find peace, do not, I repeat, do not be afraid to fix it by changing your decision or making a new one. It's okay to get it wrong. Nobody gets it right all the time. And sometimes it's not an issue of rightness as much as it is an issue of timing. Perhaps it would have been an incredible marriage if they just waited a little longer and grew up. The same thought could be applied to a career move or a business venture or another significant relationship. This is how life goes. And sometimes, especially as believers, we're practical when we should be more spiritual, but more spiritual when we should really just be practical. What I mean is let's normalize changing our minds about a choice. Now, to be clear, there are some choices that should be and are simply unchangeable. But for the ones that are not, don't you sit in that thing because you're afraid of what people will say? See, there's this meme that exists that says people love shouting about how they're moving, but when they move back, they're quiet. And while I get the funny behind that, it's sentiments like that that causes people not to do anything in the first place. So they won't start a business because they're afraid of looking foolish. And they won't start the podcast or do their first Facebook Live because they're afraid of only two people tuning in. Meanwhile, in my experience, I've found that the people who are the most critical are also the most unproductive. Or as Babe Ruth put it, the loudest boos always come from the cheapest seats. It's okay to try something new. It's okay for it not to be amazing initially. It's okay to keep at it and it's okay to try something else. Now hear me healthily. Don't confuse this with impulsive quitting. See this as the Lord leading you to exactly where he wants you to be. I think we all have heard of stories of someone who started off wanting something, whether it be a career or some sort of endeavor they wanted to accomplish. And it seemed as if they kept hitting their head against the wall. Well, fast forward a few months or even a couple of years, and they found something that it's similar, but not quite the same thing as their initial first choice. Perhaps this is where God was leading them all along. So what if we looked at our failures from a place of being precisely led by God, then losing? Remember that part where Jesus led the disciples into the storm? But didn't that leading show Peter and us 
that our faith can cause us to defy natural laws. So fam, take the risk and trust Holy Spirit to lead you best. Maybe it's time to view life as the invaluable journey that it is, instead of the rules, highs and lows, victories and defeats that we often categorize it to be. It's not to say that we don't acknowledge our good or bad moments. I wholeheartedly believe in celebrating every win, including the small ones. But I do think it will help our souls when we begin to practice true contentment. This leads us to peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Trusting that if God has it for us, nothing and no one can stop it. But if it's not for us, it will never come to pass either. See, limits bring liberty. It sounds oxymoronic, I'm sure, but it doesn't negate the truth. The freedom we desire most comes from when we are able to say no to most things so we can focus on the few. And we'll find this focus when we're in tune with God. Embracing this process is the game changer for decision making we all need. So happy new year, fam. No matter what comes in 2021, it shall be well. time it is here's my question what choice could you make today that will impact your life five years from now and what's stopping you from making that choice fam thank you thank you so much for letting me be with you today if this brought you any value i'd be honored if you'd subscribe to the show for more soul-hitting episodes delivered freely to your device each week Would you do me a favor and leave a review and a rating if you can? It helps to spread the show to more people. Share this episode with your friends and family if you can. I really appreciate that. We just crossed over 3,500 downloads and I am so grateful. Now check out our website, soulworkwithson.com for more thoughts. We're on Facebook and IG at soulworkwithson. Hit me up at hello at soulworkwithson and let me know how you're doing. 